Sporting beards. What's up, boys? The eyes of Texas are upon you. <laughs> How about them cowboys? Uh, that's not what I meant, Chase. I know, but we're both excited. Although the Cowboys, the, the Cowboys defense played really well. The offense is a work in progress, but we'll get into uh, that. I am fan freaking tastic, man. I bet that was it, huge. Saturday was one of the better sports days. Like I could have been dreamed. Texas beat Alabama. The Astros won. Mariners lost and Texas A&M lost. Like it was, it yeah. was a magical day. That that is very magical for you and in, in your fandomship and and many many others like you because I know there are um, that have the same fandom that you do. Um, but before we get too far into the, the sports, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little tired. It was a busy day at work, but okay. I'm happy to be be talking to you and. Seeing your beautiful face and <laughs> and uh, talking some sports, man. Sports yes. at same. I'm excited. Uh, we do. Well, I I don't know if you still do or not. You said you were kind of put off on it already, but I got the Monday night football game on between the the Bills and the Jets right now. Uh, it's thirteen to oh thirteen to six now. Buffalo in the third quarter. So I'll be kind of keeping an eye on that one a little bit. Yeah, I've got it on. I've got it on one of the two TVs that that I've got sports on right now. They've got the Astros game on the other. They're kind of nice. fucking around with the A's and not playing very well. But Good. Uh, I do have that game on, and I'm just kind of I don't know. When, once Rogers went out, I was kind of like I'm kind of out on this game a little bit. Yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, goes out with a apparent ankle injury first drive of the season. In his new Jets debut. That sucks. I mean, he's getting old, so that's what everybody was kind of worried about. And to have it happen on the first drive is not not a good sign. Not a good sign. <laughs> not ideal for no. Jets. But uh, I'm doing well too, man. Uh, obviously, also tired. Long weekend of football. Watch, I, I didn't get to watch as much college as I wanted to, but I still – Definitely got my eyes on that Texas-Alabama game. Um, there weren't a ton of other matchups I was too interested in. Some of them ended up being pretty good. but And then Saturday night, I actually got my first taste of some competition bowling where there was actually a little bit of money on the line and had a chance to, to maybe win some money. So that was fun. Um, I averaged, oh, I don't remember, I think it was like 189 through three. I had like a 172 a 248 and a 166. So a little roller coaster. Yeah. A little bit. Sorry. Right, but, but no, no, that was a lot of fun. I had a great time doing that. They had some cool stuff where they had different colored pins. And if they come up at the head pin and then a couple other pins or something, you have a chance to win like a dollar up to $15. And you literally just, if you get a strike on those, yeah. um, you literally just go get the cash from them. So it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then Sunday, lots, lot more football. I had a baseball game in the morning, and then just sat my ass on the couch and watched a lot of football. So, also tired, but a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean that's what I did on Saturday, just the whole day, which I typically do on Saturdays anyway. Right. But sometimes I'll have like a video game on one screen, and then like have the games in the background on all the rest of them. Uh, this week it was full, 
it was five Full screens watching football five games all night all day all morning there like i i broke out like a full schedule of like a watch schedule of like, these are the games that are, that are happening at this time slot. (laughs) And this is the channel that they're on. And, you know, I had, there's some, had some baseball games mixed in there too. Like it was, it was a real fun day of, of watching the games, but best time of year. Oh yeah. But it's, it's episode 84 this week. It is. Uh, There's, there's one like massive elephant in the room. 84. Yeah, he's the first one that comes to mind for me, I believe, if it's the same one you're thinking of. I'm sure. Uh, Randy Moss. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, the probably the best 84 that there was. There's arguments. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think there are arguments. <laughs> I have one argument. And Are you going to argue for, for Mr. Crazy? My only argument is that he was on pace to become like that antonio brown for those yes antonio brown dude he was one of the best wide receivers in the game i personally back in the day did not think it was that crazy of a hit that he took across the middle against the bengals but ever since then was when he really kind of went off and it's true yeah so but before that dude he literally he was like the first wide receiver ever to have five straight at least five catches and 125 yards per game. Um, something like that. Like, or he had the longest streak of games like that. I, don't, I think it was more than five, but dude, he was absolutely insane when he first started playing. And then he just kind of went a little crazy, but that's my only argument to be up there with Randy Moss. Poss- like he, he could have been what Randy Moss was. I don't know. Prime Randy Moss was, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. I'll never forget that graphic that I can literally see in my head of him getting three catches on three targets for like 134 yards and three touchdowns against the Cowboys. And it's like, dude, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> so you're not wrong. And he, I mean, damn near almost had a perfect season with Brady. So you're right. I mean, he's definitely in a tier by himself, but. The only person that could have gotten close would have been him. Yeah. Roddy White is another good one. That is another good one. Uh, he was solid for quite some time with the Falcons alongside Julio Jones. He was he was the Julio Jones before Julio got there, and then he kind of started veering off a little bit. Um, a random one that I thought of like right away, Patrick Creighton. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> cowboy. Yeah, Cowboy. Uh, Dion Branch. Young Branch was a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Um, venturing out of football, uh, there's there's one guy that wore it for the Texas Rangers somewhat recently. Mm. Nope, don't have it. Prince Fielder. Oh dang! Really? He was, he was 28 for the for the Brewers and the Tigers, but when he got to when he got to Texas, he wore he wore 84 for the you know season and a half basically that he was that he was a ranger i guess that was the uh his number i do kind of remember that now but damn man and what could have been if he didn't get hurt man yeah because he was really really good Mm -hmm. um and then and then dylan cease currently wears number 84 Ooh, that's a good one that is i used him today on uh immaculate grid you did 
Yeah, 200 plus K season oh, for the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about because I've been trying. I've been racking my brain, think trying to think of a uh, pirate and White Sox. But I was like, I was in my head. I was thinking like Dylan Cease has never played for anybody but the White Sox. I don't know why you would use him, but that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever think of one? I haven't yet. Okay, I'll get there. Say anything. I'll get there. That's the only one I got left. Well, there is one that I know. But I had I already used him. And that's Josh Harrison, because he also oh, played yeah. for the for the okay. for the Nationals. That's the one I know. So yeah, you I can't even help you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it, it, as far as the titles go, speaking of the Tigers, uh, the Tigers won in 1984 over the Padres. The 49ers won the Super Bowl over the Dolphins. That's the in the era of. Super Bowl blowouts. It's like a run of like 15 out of 16 Super Bowls being blowouts. Dang, okay. Uh, They won that one 38-16. The Lakers lost to the Celtics in seven in the NBA Finals. And I could give you a million guesses and you wouldn't get who was the college champion in 1984. UTEP. Not UTEP. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a bad guess for the way that I led that off, but BYU. I wasn't far up. No, I'm just <laughs> Dang. That, yeah, I would have never guessed that. So Same. they have a national championship. Dang. They have a national championship, yeah. That's insane. And then 1984 also was, and I know you, I know, you know of this, but it's the year of the Hale Flutie. Oh, okay, nice. That was 1984. Boston College or Notre Dame? Boston College, and Boston College. they were playing. They were playing Miami that day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, dude, that was insane. And the the funniest part about it is seeing the jerseys that they wore back then. It looks like they're wearing like practice uniforms for high school or something. <laughs> right. Things were a little different in the 80s. Yes. Uh, but those those are your your champions in 1984 related stuff, right? Episode 84. Episode 84. Been doing this for well, a while now. So the Patrick Creighton episode. <laughs> <laughs> definitely the Patrick Creighton episode. That that's that's definitely this episode. <laughs> it's funny too because I actually even had to double check with myself. I was right. I was like, wait, for. <laughs> Eighty four <laughs> for for current day you've got Cordero Patterson is an interesting Ooh, one. Yep, I have him on our dynasty. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know why was, right now. <laughs> I was playing Madden today. I have a a career where I'm a linebacker. We're playing the Falcons, and they had Cordero Patterson in the backfield, and he's wearing eighty four. That's the only reason I thought about that one. Nice. I believe uh, that was Darren Waller's number when he entered the league. I think he changed it. Not gonna be able to. Not gonna be able to fact check that one for you. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we decided we were gonna start with college. Yes, sir. So I, I do have a a college trivia for you. Oh, put me on the spot. So, uh, UTEP. <laughs> <laughs> not UTEP. Okay. Although not far away. Dang, okay. So, Ooh, I got a number, number of SEC titles, okay? 
So okay. this is the, the school. You got Alabama's number one, Georgia's two, Tennessee's three, LSU's four, Florida's five. Then you got Auburn, Ole Miss. Who is next behind Ole Miss? There, there's two teams that I'm that I'm thinking of. So my first guess would be Arkansas. Nope. Okay. I'm gonna. Is I'm this gonna, a trick gonna, question? It, it it's kind of a trick question. Is it Texas A and M? It's not Texas A and M. Okay. <laughs> Neither one of those teams have won an SEC title. Okay. So I'm Did gonna you give say you a, South Carolina already in the other ones? South Carolina is not correct either. They have never won an SEC title. I'm going to give you another guess. Okay. The two teams behind Ole Miss in eighth and ninth place for SEC titles are not currently in the SEC. Oh. Okay. So we're going to go with Rice. <laughs> Rice has never been in the SEC. <laughs> I didn't know. I, I don't know which right. teams that, that left the SEC. Uh, Colorado State. No, no. Uh, we're getting we're, we're we're getting further away here. Okay, Texas Tech. So the eighth, the team that have won the eighth most SEC titles is actually Georgia Tech. Oh dang! Okay, who have not been in the SEC for a long time at this point? Well, yes, long time, long long time. Number nine is Tulane. Wow, okay. Tulane has not been in the SEC since the 60s. Tulane has the same number of SEC titles as Kentucky, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Missouri, South Carolina, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt combined. That's seven schools. Yeah. Tulane has three SEC titles in football. Those other seven have three combined. Kentucky has two. Mississippi State has one. That is pretty insane. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't Georgia, have guessed those in a million years. Georgia Tech has five SEC titles. That's insane. Can can you name anybody from any of those Georgia Tech teams? Did anybody? No. I no. can't either. Their 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 last SEC title on Georgia Tech came in 1952. So okay, yeah, no, nope. uh, yeah, know that the NFL didn't really even exist at that point, as we know it <laughs> at that that's point. True. Yep. <laughs> anyway, I just found that interesting because Tulane was playing was playing Ole Miss this weekend, right? And I remembered that they were in the SEC at at one point. And I went and looked and found out they were ninth. Like the SEC currently has has fourteen teams, and you know six of them, five of them have never won the SEC and. There's two more that have won three combined, and Tulane has three from their time in the SEC. They were in the SEC for about 20 years. Sweet <laughs> colors, though. Tulane, <clears throat> that green with that blue, like it's like a... Yeah, it's it's a little weird to me that a team called the Green Wave is not wearing green. That's a little weird to me. What were they wearing? I didn't... It was like... I can't remember blue. now. It was like blue. Okay, and but they have like the green. It was like light blue in the logo, though, right? Yeah. See, I think they they decided to go with their secondary color as more of a primary. You see what I'm saying? I, I guess. But I, I guess I, I, I see what you're saying though. It is weird. Why not wear the green if you do have green and you're called the green? Right. 
It just it would make sense. But I think we have to we have to start with Alabama Texas. I like, mean, yeah, we there were to. only a few decent games in college football this weekend, and that one was by far the best. I mean, there were more than a few decent games, but that was definitely okay. the okay. marquee, like, hey, you have to come watch this game, game. Right. And it lived up to the hype. It really did. It did. Like, it was, it was a good game. It was a close game for the most part. Texas... I don't know if I told you this or I may, I may have just told Aurora this, but like this was Texas biggest, most impactful win since December, 2009 when they won the big 12 for the last time to, yeah, to you, play their way into the, the national title game. Yeah. Last year could have been close to that as well. If they would have been able to pull it off, but this year it is huge. Definitely huge. Biggest win they've had in a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, you know, they they go into Bryant-Denny Stadium and they beat Alabama. It's it's Alabama's first home loss since 2019 against LSU. Mm-hmm. It's the largest home loss in the Nick Saban era yep. at Alabama. His only double-digit loss. At His only double-digit loss at home. The last time that they had lost by more than a touchdown. The, the, it's the first time they've lost by more than a touchdown. The previous largest loss that he's had at home since he's been at Alabama was a seven-point loss to LSU and ULM in 2007, his first year. Damn. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And I could be wrong, but uh, something I heard this week going into this matchup, there hasn't been, or you might have even told me this, there hasn't been a three-year stint where Saban didn't win a national title since he's been there. I mean, that sounds about right. Like He's, yeah. he's, won, he's won six titles in 15 years, so that, that sounds about right. And right now would be the third year of this stint, so... That's a huge loss for them. And Texas didn't just beat them. They beat them. They had more total yards. They beat them in the turnover margin, uh, two to two to nothing. Uh, 23 to 18 on first downs. They won the possession battle. Like, it was – I mean, it was a back-and-forth game. It was a good game. But Texas basically had it under control almost the whole time. Honestly, Texas probably should have won by three touchdowns. They had – they had two for sure, three – they had two for sure touchdowns that were dropped that ended up turning into field goals. And then they had a third one that probably should have been caught, but I wouldn't call it a drop that would have been for a touchdown that turned into a field goal all in the first half. So you get to halftime and it's it's 13-6, to six, but it, it really feels like it should be, you know – 24 to 6. Right. And then Texas, uh, Alabama goes down and they they score a field goal there at the end, make it are they they made it 13 to 9 with their first drive of the third quarter, I think. And then they go down and score right at the third at the end of the third quarter, they score a touchdown to go up 16-13. And at that point, that's the point where Texas teams of the last 10 years fold. Like, it's like, hey, we gave it our shot, and 
you know, we just got punched in the mouth and now we're going to back down. We're going to fold. We're, we're done. It's over. Yep. This Texas team, Quinn Ewers gets the ball and just drives right down the field. I think it was three plays. They score a touchdown. And then Bama gets the ball back, interception. They score again on the next play. And now it's a, you know, now it's a 10-point game. Yep, 11. but <laughs> 11 at that point. Yeah, no, it's and... crazy because uh, looking at it, yeah, Bama scored with 14 seconds left in the third, and Texas scored 14.05 in the fourth. So not even yeah, a minute. It was quick. Yeah, it was and then so 13.50, they score again. So it was just bang, bang, and all of a sudden the whole ball game is turned around. Yeah. And then, like, the most, the thing that impressed me the most, I think, was the fact that Texas in the trenches has been a weak spot for Texas. That's one of the big reasons why Texas has been down as much as they have for the last 10 years, last 10, 15 years, is they haven't had the guys in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. They've had good linebackers. They've had some good receivers. They've had some a couple of good, decent quarterbacks. But... In the trenches, the offensive line, defensive line, they have not. It has not been there. This team is different, though. Like their good. offensive line handled Alabama. Their defensive line handled Alabama. Texas got the ball back in the fourth quarter with seven something to go and a ten point lead, and they didn't give the ball back. The offense ended the game on the field after getting the ball with seven minutes to go. That's huge. That is against huge, Alabama, against yeah, against Saban, dude. Against and Alabama at Brian yeah, Denny, that is and crazy. Alabama used all three of their timeouts too in that drive. Yeah, that's insane. It's crazy. It really is that a team could go in and do that. Like they manhandled them. They did what they needed to do, and they protected the football. I mean, when yours. 24, 38, 349 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's what you need. And he went out there yeah. and delivered. And I've been I've been critical of Quinn Ewers. Not not to the point where I've at any point felt like, you know, the job wasn't his. Like he was going to be the starting quarterback this year, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole time. I, I've never questioned that. Even last year I didn't question it. But there, he has at times, and he did it last week too, where he he floats the ball. Instead of zipping it in there, instead of putting a little umph on it, he floats it. He floats it a lot. He didn't really do that against Alabama. He did it a few times on like the deep passes where you need to float it. But when it when the when the time when push came to shove, he was putting some zip on the ball, which I haven't seen him really do outside of the Alabama game last year. Is he going to do that? Rising to the you know, occasion. Going forward, hopefully he will. But like the the Oklahoma State game last year where he threw a bunch of picks, it was because he was floating the ball in a game where it was really windy and the ball was just going all over the damn place because he was floating it. He was mm-hmm. just, just lobbing it out there instead of like actually throwing the ball with some force. And so he looked really good. He looked really poised. Really calm in the pocket. Now it helped that the offensive line was incredible against Bama, mm-hmm. and the defensive Which is line still crazy. <laughs> like like sweat in the middle for Texas. Like that is a big man. Like 
you know, I don't say this lightly because I don't think there's a lot of people, a lot of, there's a, a ton of players in the country that you could say this about, but that guy starts for Georgia in the middle. Yeah. I mean, I could see it. Like, I really think he does. And that's something Texas hasn't had in a long time. Right. That's got to feel good. So I, I'm buzzing. I'm still buzzing. The game was two days ago. Oh, like, I bet I'm, you are. I hope they're not still buzzing. I hope they're, you know, <laughs> getting ready for the next game. I loved what Quinn Ewer said after the game where, you know, the reporter, the reporter we're basically back. tried, the, the reporter basically it? tried to, tried to get him to say we're back or <laughs> Texas is back or, or, you know, whatever they, they tried to kind of get him to say that. And he basically said, we got a lot of games left. Oh and yeah. I, I fucking love that response. Just like, Definitely. Cause like, it was a, got a huge lot of test, but second week of the season, there's so much football left to you. So yeah, no, that is huge. That's respectful, man. That is big, big game, big game. And y'all move all the way up to four in the, in the AP. I don't know where you've got you, but <laughs> yeah, I, I've gone back and forth on it. Um, do you want to do a couple, you want to do another game or two, or do you want to get to the, you want to do the top 25? That is all up to you, my friend. I've got a couple things written down from a couple games and that's about it. So I know college is more your realm. Yeah. That's my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, I'll just, I'll run down the top 25 real quick. You can okay. stop me if you have any questions about anybody that I've got placed at certain spots. Okay. Um, I've got Iowa at 25. Ooh, I haven't yeah. had I haven't had them ranked at this to this point, but I've got Iowa at twenty five, Washington State at twenty four. They just beat Wisconsin this week. Big win for them. Yeah, big win. Okay. Arkansas at twenty three. Ole Miss I've got at twenty two. I've got Colorado at twenty one. Okay. I think they've earned it. Yeah, I've got, got another big win. I've got Duke at twenty. We've got North Carolina at nineteen. I'm a little lower than the lower on them than the the AP, just because I want to see the I want to see I want to see it with the defense a little bit for a little, a little bit more. Okay. Got Oregon State at 18. Real Miami, quick, uh, North Carolina uh, did have another wild one with Appalachian they, State going to double overtime. <laughs> they did. I, it should be mandated. Like <laughs> those two should play every year. Like I don't care. <laughs> I agree. Okay, what that's conference fun, anybody's in. Yeah, that's some fun college football right there. <laughs> yeah. Not quite as crazy as last year. Like not sixty one points in the in the fourth <laughs> quarter like last right. year. But you're right. Um I did have the over in that game and it needed overtime to get the over. So I was happy there. You know, um I've been told that that's why they call it overtime. So that people can to get, get the over. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a game last year where I took the under and it went to overtime, but it still just barely hit the under. Oh, damn. <laughs> nice. I don't remember what game it was, but uh, Miami, I've got it 17 after they beat Ooh, Texas yeah. A&M. Big win. My, Big win for the U. Miami looked really good, man. They looked really yeah. good. Dude, Van Dyke, 374 yards and five touchdowns. Zero picks. Yeah, like – I. I'm not going to clown on Texas A&M. Like, I think Miami just looked like a really good team. I agree. They did. Like, I, I know that it, even as a Texas fan, you expect me to be like, A&M lost, point and laugh at A&M. 
no, I, I just I think Miami's a really good team. Yeah, I, I think really they're actually do. legit. I didn't even know who this Van Dyke guy was, but that made me a fan. He was really good two years ago as a freshman, and then last year they kind of had some offensive line issues, and he struggled uh, in Mario Cristobal's first first year. But he's super talented. Like he was looked at as as a possible first round pick as a freshman. He, he was fun to watch. Um, I've got Oklahoma at sixteen. We're at Kansas State at fifteen. This might be controversial. I've got Alabama at 14, but I also had Alabama at six instead of four. True. So you kind of almost fell as far as they did. They got them at 10 now. Yeah. Which I just, I punish teams for losing games. I just don't don't blame you. I mean, yeah, because until other teams start losing, then. Like, Alabama's going to have plenty of opportunity to you know, to win themselves back into the top 10 and the top five. Like they have that opportunity. They've got a bunch of games on their schedule. Although this year, the SEC's not been so great to start the season. So we'll see how much those games are going to matter later on. But I've got LSU at 13. You could argue LSU should be behind Alabama. You put them whatever order you want. I think 13 and 14 is kind of the right range for those two. I've got I've got Oregon at twelve, Washington at eleven, Utah at ten. Utah fell one spot. I had them at nine last week. We yeah, they uh, they barely yeah. pulled that one out. They they struggled, but they're we're still waiting on Cam Rising to True. come back. You know, their starting quarterbacks hurt. I know Baylor's starting quarterback also got hurt, but you know, w- weird things happen. In Waco, sometimes like it just True. it just is it just is. And what it is. Some... I do have to mention it was like ninety eight degrees that night in Waco too. Yeah, it, it is. It, weird things can happen in Waco. Let's just right. say that. Uh, I've got Tennessee at nine. Tennessee's fine. They didn't look super great this week from all accounts, but they're gonna be fine. This one might also be controversial, and I moved them way up from where I had them. Uh, Notre Dame's at eight. They moved them up to nine. Notre so Dame I mean, looks Notre Dame looks really good, but I also had them behind the AP. I, I was lower the, lower on them than the AP before. Like I moved so them from them, sixteen to eight. Okay, yeah. See, they only moved up two spots for them, but I mean, how can you not with those shiny gold helmets? <laughs> Notre Dame looks really good, man. They've got, you know, they've got um, Sam Hartman now. They've they've been missing a quarterback. Like that's the main thing that they've been missing the last ten years. <laughs> they right. haven't had like a, a high level college quarterback since Brady Quinn. Like, it's been a long time. A long time ago. <laughs> it's been a long He's time. He's covering like, college football. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've had like the Deshaun Kaisers and the the Jack Cones of the world, like guys that like they're okay ish, I guess, but they're like nine win quarterbacks. Sam Hartman with the right stuff around him could be an 11 win quarterback. I can't remember where he was again. Where was he before? Wake Forest and Wake, Wake Forest, Forest has been good. Right. Wake that's Forest right. has been really good the last couple of years too. And, and a lot of that is Sam Hartman and he's come over to, to Notre Dame. They're running back. I can't remember his name. Um, but he's really good. NC State is a is a solid program, and they they have a 
they have a pretty good defense. Like you pretty much always have a good defense at NC State. And they had the, the weather issues where their game started at 11. They had like an hour and 45-minute delay, and they still they still put up 38 points. 38, 45. Some, they, like they put up a bunch of points against NC State, and the defense looked really good too. There's a chance in two weeks when, when Notre Dame and welcomes Ohio State there's a chance I'm picking Notre Dame in that game. Like it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Notre Dame has put your money where your mouth is. I might (laughs) went five and three this week. I was going to ask when you got done with this. (laughs) Uh, I've got USC at seven, lots of movement all around them, but I've still got USC at seven. I still have questions. They've looked good. Uh, they look great offensively. I mean, they scored 49 points in the first half against Stanford, but it is Stanford. Right. Defense looked better against Stanford than it has the first two weeks of the season, but I just need to see it against a real competition before I really fully believe in USC's defense. I got you. At number six, I've got Ohio State. Right. I did have them at four. They did not look that good against against Youngstown. Like, it's Youngstown. <laughs> and they kind of struggled in some places to move the ball. They yeah, they ended up winning thirty five to seven, but it didn't it didn't look good. I mean, the <clears throat> AP moved him down two slots as well. So I've got Penn State at five. I, I I'm a believer in Penn State. I just am. I think that they're going to beat Ohio State when Ohio State <sighs> comes comes to happy valley you're just picking on ohio state now (laughs) i haven't liked what i've seen from ohio state like i think there's a legitimate shot ohio state goes nine and three this year i think there's a legitimate shot alabama goes nine and three this year too bold claims you have there sir now i struggled i struggled with two three and four i have really struggled with two three and four georgia's number one I'm not touching them until they lose. That's right. Or until they really struggle and a couple other teams have some big wins. Because Georgia's not going to get tested. first quarter, and then they just onslaught. Like, Georgia's not going to get tested until Tennessee, and that's in November. Like, Georgia's not going to play a team on their schedule that matters until November. I know, and that makes it so hard because I want to watch a meaningful Georgia football game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When you're as good as Georgia, there's not a ton of meaningful games. True. But it's we just – we're not going to know if it's the same Georgia for at least least another month. Like – they're going to play South Carolina this week. That's at least an SEC competition, so we'll maybe be able to glean something from that. But it's probably going to be thirty-five to six or something. Yeah, two, three, I mean, and UAB. four. I, two, UAB. two, three, and four. I struggled with, and the three teams are Texas, Florida State, and Michigan. Now, Michigan, I think, is probably the best team of the three. Agreed. I, I don't know how to tell you that because they've they've played two absolute nobodies. Two teams that have absolutely no chance of competing with them, much less beating them. And we're not True. gonna know about Michigan for a long time either. Michigan doesn't have anybody on their schedule that could challenge them until they, you know, basically get basically until they get to Penn State. 
I mean, what are you talking about? They got Bowling Green and Rutgers back to back. Yeah. <laughs> and then oh, Florida man. State and Texas have the two best wins in college football this year so far. And Great. when we get to the end of the season, they they may still be two of the like five best wins in the season. And Texas State beating Alabama 60. and Florida State beating LSU. Those are two phenomenal wins. Florida State, you know, won a home game against LSU, but they dominated them. Texas won a road game at Alabama. Uh, Alabama's first non-conference loss at home since 2007, by the way. I settled on Texas. At, I, I settled on Texas at four, Florida State at three, and Michigan at two. I reserve okay. the right to change my mind. Yes, you do. I I was totally expecting you to say so. I'm going Texas at two, baby. <laughs> if I was, if they I was the basing, best win, if I was basing it solely off of this season, and you didn't tell me how good Georgia was, you didn't tell me how good Michigan was, and you just sat me down and you showed me the, you, the, you showed me everything from this season and this season alone, I'd put Texas one. I would. But that's not how we do these things. Yeah, um, I know that was not a good move for people listening, but I was just wide-eyed there for a little bit. <laughs> Expressionless and wide-eyed. Oh, man. I don't no, know how, I mean, like, based on, like, so. They've got the I, best win so far in college football. They definitely do. That's When I sit down to do my rankings, it's a combination of who I think the best team is, who has played the best, who have they played and who have they beat? Who have they lost to if they have losses? And it all kind of jumbles in together and, you know, there's not like a perfect formula for it, but it's just, you just, it's just kind of a feel thing. If I was going based on deserving, who deserves what? Texas would be number one, but that's not everything that goes into it. Because no. it, last season and the year before and the year before that, it happened. Right. And it, even though it's not the same team, the, the players are different. In a lot of cases, the coaches are different. The situations are different. But it does matter. And so it's tough. Agreed. It's it tough is. this early in the season. Oh, yeah. Definitely makes it tough. And like you said, it's going to be tough for quite a while for Georgia and Michigan because they should beat whoever's on their schedule for quite some time. Dominate. They should dominate. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be hard to really – to really tell, but no, I like where you're at with with most of it. I mean, like you said, there's a few arguable spots right there in, in the middle of, between like three and ten. There's there's some arguments there to be had, but I mean, for the most part, nothing too too crazy happened this weekend besides Texas beating Bama, Miami whooping A and M, and then the only other ranked team that loses is Wisconsin. So, yeah. Which, I mean, they lost to a good team. Washington State's right. a good team. Agreed. You know, the, that Pac-12, it's it's a it's a really deep conference. Like, they, you know, they, they, have, a, they have a bright future ahead of them, that conference. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it is yet to be so done. So bad. Yeah. Um, I did, like I said, I did go, did go five and three this week on my, on my bets. Nice. And, uh, the only ones I, I just missed on, 
some for some reason I talked myself into USC over sixty nine against Stanford. Over under was sixty nine, and somehow I somehow I convinced myself to do the over on that one. That's a lot. I I thought USC was going to score sixty, and I was like, Stanford can score at least ten, right? <laughs> Stanford Ballsy. did score ten, but USC scored fifty six. You were close. I was very close. Uh, what other That's ones? A lot. I I did do the. Uh, let's see. What did I hit on? So I hit on Nebraska Colorado under, which was fifty six and a half. I hit on the Utah Baylor under. Once I found out about the quarterback situation. Okay. I won on Iowa minus three and a half against Iowa State. They won by a touchdown. I won picking outright Miami to beat Texas A&M. Nice. And then I hit the over on Appalachian State and North Carolina. That over-under was 58. And I think they went into they went into overtime 27-27. So that was 54 oh, points right there. Uh, I just missed on SMU plus 16. They lost by 17 against Oklahoma. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, I I put money on Cal beating beating Auburn straight up. Auburn nice. was like a four and a half point favorite. I lost on that one only because Cal missed like 17 field goals. And then the, the Stanford USC over under 69 and a half. Okay, so not bad though. Five and three. Yeah, that I mean that makes me nine and nine and four on the season so far because I went four and one last week. So looking pretty good. I've made some money. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that was basically college this week. Doyce's top twenty-five. I almost forgot. That's all right. Man, so to get on to the other football that has been happening, I first got to start with, oh, my gosh, we've got a crazy game going on right now since Aaron Rodgers left in the first quarter. Josh Allen has been picked off like three or four times. I don't know exactly how many because I have – we've been talking. (laughs) Um, And now the Jets just went down the field and scored to take the lead with like four minutes left. So this is – this is a crazy game. Who would have thought that Aaron Rodgers gets hurt on the first drive and the Jets actually have a shot to win the game at the end? I wouldn't have. But we that, had the what's the what's the the quarterback's name? Zach uh, Wilson. Zach Wilson. His friend's mom would have put money on it being a good game still. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> She's uh, a big believer in 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 Wilson there. Yes, she is. <laughs> That's, but that is the big news right now. I mean, because we've been watching Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. That sucks. Um, but apparently it might not be too bad for the Jets. Um, but we had a great kickoff game on Thursday night with the Chiefs and the Lions. The Chiefs going down. Jared Goff actually taking care of business. Looked kind of sloppy on the first drive. Second drive, they get a big fourth down and decide to go for it, and they make it. And the game turned around from there. I mean, 
basically the Chiefs had a chance to win the game, but Kadarius Tony basically just couldn't catch a cold if he jumped into a lake naked in the winter. <laughs> so yeah. um one of his drops was a, a tipped pass that goes right to the defense for a pick six. And then the whole ball game was basically turned around at that point. Yeah, you can't have that. Nope. And so the Chiefs end up losing by one. I do not have an official power rankings this week, but if I did, I would actually have to move the Chiefs down. I mean, without Travis Kelsey, and you don't have anybody else that can catch the ball because that's what Kadarius Tony was supposed to do, then you're not looking so hot anymore. A few other notable games that I did want to talk about. First, I got to say, how about them Cowboys? Defense looked really good. Uh, Now, part of it is I don't think the Giants are going to be very good. I mean, I it's agree a small with part, you. But it's, it's a part of it. Yeah, they outplayed how they were supposed to last year. They did end up being a playoff team. So I did expect a little bit more from them, especially adding Darren Waller in the offseason. So I was a little bit nervous on, on defense. I knew we had a really good defense, and we beefed them up as well. But I just was curious to see how they were going to handle Saquon and Darren Waller because that's those are some two big playmakers. But they definitely handled it pretty well. So I do agree. The Giants are, are not very good. However, I was a little nervous going into the game. But that very, very quickly turned around, and I was no longer nervous. The Giants did drive right down the field to start, and then they were about to kick a field goal, blocked field goal, Cowboys run it back for a touchdown. And then we get a pick six. Or was it the fumble? I don't remember now exactly the – I think it was – it was a pick was six. A, was it a pick six? I don't remember either. I don't either. At that this that point. game I was became, so excited. That game became a became a blur, and like I'll like I'll say this: watching the game, even as a Cowboys fan, my reaction to early in the game was, "Wow, this Giants team is bad." That was my reaction. So they the drove Cowboys down the field plays, pretty them, easily in the credit, first, but they did look really bad. The weird part to me was the Giants drove right down the field with running the ball, basically with Saquon the entire time. And then they decide to start passing the ball on the next drive. And that's when they just they couldn't they couldn't protect that Dallas line from getting to Daniel Jones. They had seven sacks on the night multiple pressures they forced five fumbles like i know the offense didn't look very good but i think that was like almost by design not necessarily like you don't want your offense to look bad but at that point they didn't have to do anything crazy they didn't want to have to show too much of what they actually have because it didn't seem like they needed to and so i'm not too worried about the offense they didn't have to take a bunch of chances Fantasy-wise, it sucks for people to have the big stars on the Cowboys. The only good fantasy player this week was Tony Pollard. Um, and, so in the Cowboys' defense. Well, in the Cowboys' defense, which is basically <laughs> almost number two player in fantasy this week total. Um, but something crazy happened in this game. So before Sunday Night Football, there had never been a team to lose 40 to nothing, lose the sacks battle seven or more to nothing, the turnover battle, three or more to nothing, have a field goal block returned for a touchdown, and a pick six in the same season. 
there had never been a, a team to do all of those things in the same season, and the Giants just accomplished all that in one night. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of impressed. So now they're going to go 16-0 and 0 the rest of the year? I mean, that's insane. That's insane that they were able to do that. I know that's been floating around, so you might have seen that already as well. But I did see that, yeah. That's just so insane. So Cowboys, 40 to nothing over the Giants. Huge statement win for the defense. Again, agreed. It was it was a de- defensive game. But, hey, I'm so stoked on their defense right now. So, oh, one thing I forgot to mention about the Lions-Chiefs game, because I ended up accidentally writing it in a different spot. Um, Goff is actually third all-time in pass attempts without an interception at 359 right now after Thursday night. Okay. Or I'm sorry, he's fourth all time. Do you want to... Less impressive. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to guess by chance the... Actually, no, he is third. uh, The top two. Um, I'm going to say Brady. Brady is number two and number four. Because I feel like I remember seeing him have a streak recently. Right, yeah, because the the number two one was actually with the Bucks, three hundred ninety nine. So, number one, I'm trying to think of guys that just don't throw, like don't take chances. I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins. I mean, I want to say good guess, but man, he throws a lot of interception. <laughs> uh, no, he actually got hurt tonight. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. 402 consecutive pass attempts without interception is the record. And Jared Goff could get there in two more games if he doesn't throw a couple more picks and they have pass-heavy games. So that's some good company. I mean, it it just rolls off the tongue, right? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Jared Goff. (laughs) Everyone saw that coming. Three peas in a pod right there. (laughs) Exactly. Somebody's a little golf. There. <laughs> so, in other news, something that really so you're trying to, are you saying that there's a golf between them? We're the worst. We got to stop. <laughs> He's got to stop. Fair. That's fair. It's his fault. No, the Lions look good, man. The Lions we didn't look really good. No, we didn't. Yeah, the, the Lions. At least his name's not Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I've never thought of that before. He should name his kid Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, in other news, something that was crazy this week. Um, Dang it, I'm I'm in. uh, The Bengals. Not even scoring a touchdown against the Browns. So the Browns are actually six and one in their last seven games against the Bengals. I think it's nine and two of their last eleven. I, I wouldn't be surprised. They just have their number, and I typically say usually it's division games. I mean, yeah, it's division, but dude, like that's kind of crazy. That's because the Browns haven't been that good for that long. Yeah, <laughs> like they the, they have the some Bengals moments. Didn't look, the Bengals didn't look ready to play. No, and there was really bad weather. It was rainy, and that makes it tough when you're almost pretty much a pass-heavy offense. Um, I do like mixing on the ground, but 
you got to try and utilize Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, yeah. like, and they couldn't. They so. need to mix him in a little more. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, they uh, they lose twenty four to three to the Browns, though. The Browns look good. The Browns did look good. Um, we'll see if they can hold that up. That's going to be a tight division. Yeah, I mean the the Bengals. The Bengals struggled early last year too. True. And, and the year were, before when they went to the Super Bowl, they struggled early as well. Yeah, I mean they were they were what, two and four to start last year? One and three, something like that. Like they struggled. That's right, because they because we beat them week two when we shouldn't have. Something like that, if I remember yeah. right. They I, I think they'll be okay because you still got Joe Cool. He he seemed to be healthy. That's the good sign that you saw from Sunday for them was that Joe Burrow did seem to be healthy. I don't think that was the factor in why they couldn't get the passing going. I think it was just the weather and miles Garrett was having a field day on that offensive line. Yeah. And also like Burrow hasn't played. He hasn't, he hasn't been playing. He hasn't really been full practice go either. So like they got to get some timing down. Like that's true. Passing is all about timing. Definitely. Uh, There's a crazy clip going around. Um, Miles Garrett was doing like a fake little air crossover right before the snap and then just like crossed over the offensive lineman and got right to Burrow. It's actually pretty sweet looking. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. That's yeah, that's a good that. one. Uh, so not a single rookie quarterback won their debut. Which yeah sounds about right. Uh, apparently the sense. last – do you know who the last rookie quarterback to win their debut is? Debut period or debut on opening day? Probably season opener debut. Because Bailey Zappi won his well, yeah. debut last year. Rookie uh, season opener debut. Uh, I'm going to throw a wild one out there and say Robert Griffin the third. Not a bad guess. Not a bad guess at all. But no, it was actually David Carr for the Texans so long. No. Uh, that's what I heard. I didn't no. fact check that. I didn't read this one. I heard it. That was the uh, first ever game in Texans history. Yes. And the Cowboys. I am pretty sure that is the the last rookie to win on a season opener on their debut. Wow. That doesn't sound right. I mean, uh, I don't know. We can double check. We can definitely double check. Like I said, I heard that one. I, I think it was either on the radio or one of the broadcasts. Um, but well, somebody you can't said- say something on the radio that isn't true. So. <laughs> Much like the internet radio. <laughs> so I could be wrong. But of all those... Uh, well, you wouldn't be wrong. They would be wrong. Fair. Because I'm just taking what they said. You're right. Right. But the only rookie that did actually look pretty good, I would say Anthony Richardson. He looked good, man. He was using his feet. He made some good passing decisions. The Colts end up losing the game still. But I feel like he looked the most promising so far. Obviously, there's plenty of time, and I, I not that I thought anybody else looked bad. Yeah, but I, I think he looked best. So I the the games that I watched the most of were the Ravens Texans and mm-hmm. like early on 49ers Steelers, right? And because those are the games that were. That were on without having the to local have broadcasts, yeah. Red zone, which I mean, I, I always forget that I 
that I have access to your red zone, but so I could just put that on if I wanted to, but I always forget about it. Right. So I was mainly watching Texans Ravens because the other game got out of hand pretty early. Stroud didn't, didn't look stay bad. Too close to that long either. Str- yeah, Stroud, I agree. Stroud didn't. Stroud didn't look bad. Now they, you know, they they've got some things they got to work out. Like that's not a good team. Yeah, he's There's in. Not, he's on the worst a, team of the few. I agree. Yeah, not not a lot of weapons there, um, but he made some throws that were really good. And I, I I'm a believer in C.J. Stroud. Like I. I don't know. It's so it's so close between him and Bryce Young as to who I would have drafted, but I do think that Stroud's the more talented of the two. I just think I, I like what goes on between the years of Bryce Young. Like he propped right. up that Alabama team the last couple of years. Yeah, and he had a really cool moment with the Panthers where like right before he took his first snap, like he took it all in and they got a nice little close up view of it and and it looked really cool. I mean like I said, I don't think any of them necessarily looked bad. I just think that Anthony Richardson has the most upside from what I've seen so far. See, I I don't know about upside. No, I think I phrased that. Yeah. He just looked really he looked the best on week 1. That's just I I am not a Anthony Richardson believer. I watched I the guy I watched the guy too much in college. Like I once once NFL teams get some get some tape on him, I think it's going to crash hard. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not necessarily I'm not rooting against the guy. I don't believe in it. I just don't. I really don't. Okay, that's fair. We'll see because I do. I think it looked well. Like I said, I didn't really either, but I saw what he did against an NFL team already, and I think he looked pretty damn good. So. He's super talented. He's super talented. He's got a cannon for an arm, and he can run. Mm-hmm. I just I don't trust his accuracy and decision making. Again, that's just that's bias from from watching him in college. Like the guy did not have much success in college as a thrower of the football. True, and it's it's hard to yeah, like it's 56%. hard to yeah, it, it's hard to find a guy that didn't have success throwing the ball in college to be a good NFL quarterback. Like those guys are hard to find Josh like, hard to find examples and guys that, that didn't play very much. Like at least Josh Allen had like a couple of years of, of starting granted at a lower True. level, but he at least was a quarterback. Like Anthony Richardson barely played. The last yeah. The years. last one that I can think of that kind of is similar to Anthony Richardson would be Mitchell Trubisky. And we know how that turned out. So, I definitely see what you're saying, but time will tell. We'll see. I think the Colts are a good football team, and I think he's in a good situation over there. So we'll see if he ends up being well or not. But I, I do have faith in Bryce Young and Stroud as well. They looked good. A new quarterback for a new team that is not a rookie. Baker Mayfield getting it done for the Buccaneers, leading the team to a win, a big win. And they they actually look pretty good. They go into Minnesota and, and take out the Vikings, who I thought were going to be pretty damn good this year, too. I mean, they're my pick to win the North, and that's not looking so hot anymore yeah. <laughs> after after one week. I had the Lions. Feeling pretty good about that one. Yeah, definitely a good pick. Uh, uh, I bet Casa wasn't happy. 
No, she was not very thrilled about that. Um, but she told me before we even got to football season, like she just doesn't trust their defense. So she does know a little bit about it. And that's true. I mean, their defense, somehow they won. I, I can't remember if it was like a record. Or not. They had like 11 one-score wins last year. It, it was a record. Yeah. So, like, can your defense do that again? I don't know. I don't think so. So, and they proved that uh, this week. And Tampa Bay looks good, man. Uh, the the post-Tom Brady era seems to be good for them. We'll see. I wouldn't put too much stock in Baker Mayfield. but Hey, I like Baker Mayfield. That's just Mayfield. me. Uh, third team to start on season openers in a row, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't know how many people can put that on their resume. He's got a long way to go to catch up to Christian Wood. I know we haven't been talking about basketball, but I saw this stat the other day just that reminded me of is that Christian Wood is about to be on his eighth team in eight years. That's rough. That is rough. <laughs> and he's and he talks shit about every one that he leaves. Yeah, it's like yeah. there there seems to be a common denominator here, Christian. <laughs> yeah, the, the team is the problem every time. Eight times in a row. It's right. crazy. <laughs> so I will give you some props, unless you were about to say something else, my bad. Go ahead. Brock looking pretty good. He he's pretty good. I think the the Niners are the team to beat in the NFC. I think they are. As as well as the Cowboys did, I think the Niners are more of a complete team. Yeah, the I Niners just, are just purring along. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I got a cramp in my calf. <laughs> no, they looked really good. Uh, a Steelers team that I thought was going to be pretty good. I mean, they – Still didn't still have think a, they could be. I still think they can be, too. It got out of hand quick, so they had to change their game plan. They are, like I said, they were playing against arguably the team to beat in the NFC. I just was worried a little bit about their quarterback play, but Brock Birdie looked just like he finished the season last year. So He's nothing special, but he's solid, and that's all that team needs. That's all it needs because they've got so many weapons. Oh, my gosh, Brandon Ayuk. I've been so big on Brandon Ayuk over Debo this year, and I think that's going to be the case. Debo's had one good year. Yeah, I've liked Ayuk for a long time. Yeah, he's a baller. Two touchdowns to start the season. Yeah, that's that team is, is good, like really good, and – you know, I, I picked them in the Super Bowl for a reason, and if the, if the Bills are going to play like this, I might change that that final prediction. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. Sixteen to thirteen Jets right now with thirty five seconds left for the Bills, and it's first and twenty. So, and I don't, I can't tell if with the new graphic if they're out of timeouts or. <laughs> oh no, there's a timeout marker. Okay, they have. They had two. They just used Tua passes for 466 yards, the fourth most in a season opener. Any wild guesses you want to throw out there to who might have more passing yards in a season opener? Okay, this is random, but I feel like I remember him having an amazing season opener at one point. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not a bad guess, but no, he's he's not on the list. And it's a kind of a wild one. There's one you might have gotten, I mean, Brady's on the list, of course. It's Tom Brady, and he 
does everything. Um, but number one is, I don't know how you didn't get this guy, uh, Norm Van Brocklin from oh. 1951. Come on, man. Yeah. 554 yards in opening day. Uh, then it was Tom Brady in 2011 with 517. And then Dan Marino, uh, 473 yards and 94 to start the season. So he is the fourth most passing yards yeah. in an opening I don't know. I don't know who that last guy is. <laughs> Dan Marino. <laughs> but, dude, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell – Best one-two punch in the NFL. They just yeah. don't, he, he should have thrown the ball to Waddle more, but I'm, I'm a I know you think that, <laughs> but man, I, Miami's the real deal. I think they're really good. I, the Chargers scored a lot of points on them as well. However, the Chargers are also a really good team. So the fact that they pulled off a close one with them was huge. So Miami's looking good. I couldn't tell if the Packers looked. Pretty good, or if the Bears just are the same old Chicago Bears? I think the Bears are bad. I think so, too. Justin Fields looked good at points, but they couldn't get anything done. They just couldn't. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I I thought that Justin Fields would be a lot better in the NFL than what he has been. Fantasy-wise, he's been good because Plus he rushes. He runs a lot. Right, but like throwing the ball – has not been great. And they've got like, some weapons on, like, Darnell Mooney's a beast. He ends up getting a touchdown. But DJ Moore is also really good. Why yeah. can't you get him the ball? Yeah. Fields is good at fantasy for the same reason that Lamar Jackson's a god at fantasy. Except this week. Except this week. <laughs> but most weeks. Right. God. And the last thing I really have, or no, I have two more real quick. Um the Rams aren't quite as good as we thought they were, or aren't as bad as we thought they were. The Rams looked good. Yeah, I mean, they were bad last year, but I don't know if I would classify them as coming into the season as thinking they were going to be bad. I just thought they weren't going to be good. Well, with Cooper Cup being hurt, and you lost Von Miller last year, you don't have as many pieces on the defense, and you don't have any kind of picks. They didn't have any draft really this year. At all. (laughs) So they, they traded it all for a Super Bowl. Yeah. Which so you you do that every time, but Definitely, definitely. I would love to do that right about now. But so I was expecting them to kind of be a little bit worse, but they beat the Seahawks and argue in good fashion like it wasn't even close it seemed like it's, it seemed like the Rams were in control that whole game and I was expecting a lot from Seattle. Which maybe the maybe the Seahawks a little bit high on on the Geno Smith experience. Maybe it is one game, but we'll have to see. I mean, Geno had a really good year last year. It's hard to say that you can't do that again because it seemed like he, his momentum was going forward each time. So I don't know. I I'm pretty sure whenever the whenever the contract was signed, like I was on here saying. I think this might be a mistake just because just because like there's enough of a track record with this guy of him not being good that I don't know that I would bet on the single year of him being good. That's fair. That's my same argument with Debo. So I can't argue with that. Buffalo kicking a field goal to tie it with four seconds left 
hits the uprights and still goes through. <laughs> We're getting overtime. Yeah. You're a little ahead of me, but oh my bad. That's a it's a pretty interesting kick. <laughs> yes. Hey, as long as it goes through. Uh, the last thing that I uh, wanted to point out from this week in the NFL, Calvin Ridley got it. He he didn't miss a beat. He's waited a long time to get back on the field. He has, and they utilized him, and the Jaguars look really good. I, yeah. I, I'm i happy with that pick so far uh, to win the South again. Tennessee looked a little rough. Tannehill might be losing that job sooner than we think. But Jacksonville. I don't know. What, what he has with what he has behind him, I don't know if he's actually going to lose it. Well, they got Malik Willis and Will Levis now, so the, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I'm not a believer in either one of those guys. <laughs> Me to neither. Honest, to, but to somebody honest. out there is. <laughs> like I watched, I watched Malik Willis last year with Tennessee and was not impressed. I watched, <laughs> I watched Will Levis for a couple of years at Kentucky and I wasn't impressed. I can agree with you on this, but Tannehill didn't look very impressive either this week. <laughs> well, Tannehill's not going to look impressive. He's, you know. But he couldn't get the number one guy who puts up numbers with terrible quarterbacks the ball in DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, is is DeAndre Hopkins still DeAndre Hopkins? That's something we that we still need to find out. He's getting I up guess there in age now. That's arguable. That's definitely true. I still think so. But, but I do like Tennessee's weapons. Like I'm, I'm a huge. True, I've made no true. secret of the fact that I am a huge Traylon Burks fan. Me and too. That was Hop- Hopkins and Derrick Henry behind him. Which Derrick Henry's kind of getting up there in age too. Like at some point he's gonna like really hit the wall. But he got a he got a nice break last year. <laughs> he didn't play yeah. the whole season, so he got some rest. True. No. Great week one in the books, though. A lot of fun. Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. It was a lot of fun. Good week one. I only went two and three in my fantasy leagues uh, this week because my dumbass didn't catch that Mark Andrews was out, and I started him in three of my leagues. And then I had Okonkwo in uh, my fourth league of five, and he got zero. So I essentially got zero at my tight end position in four leagues. So that was rough. The fact that I still ended up being two and three, I'm excited about. But, man, we got a lot of fun football going on. It's fun. And now we're getting overtime tonight. What a way to start off Monday Night Football. Yeah, I went 0-2 in my fantasy leagues this week. I didn't know about the Andrews thing either in my Uh, other league. So, yeah. All right. So is it about time for us to start thinking? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Man, I can't tank. My first round pick is belonging to somebody else. Actually, maybe me too. (laughs) I own his first round pick, though, and he's going to lose every game the rest of the season. So it's all good. Michael? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. We had had some fun discussions in our Dynasty League earlier tonight. (laughs) Yeah, we did. All right, you want to you talk a little baseball before we get out of here? Let's get a little baseball in here before we get out of here. So the AOS is still popping off. Yes. I wanted to, like, <sighs> the Rangers have a brutal schedule the rest of the season. Like, I was kind of looking at, at the schedule 
looking forward. The Rangers schedule is absolutely brutal. Yeah, I'm uh like have you looked at this thing? Like looked at it all the way out? Not completely. We're at the point where there's there's so few games left. It's like 16, 17 per team to where you can actually look ahead and like it's only like four, five series left-ish. The Rangers have at Toronto, at Cleveland. That's the easy one. Yeah, Cleveland. And then, is... then they've got Boston, Seattle, at Angels, which that's a pretty easy one too. And then at Seattle for four to end the season. That is a brutal schedule. Yes, it is. Compared to like the just like the Astros, for example, have the A's tonight, which they did lose to the A's tonight. They got the A's, the Royals at Royals, Baltimore, who might have clinched by then. Royals again at home, then at Seattle and at Arizona. Uh, the it's Mariners gonna... have Angels, Dodgers at home, at Oakland, at Rangers, at home against Houston, and at Texas for four to end the season. So they've got a really rough rough schedule to end the season, too. Theirs isn't easy. They do have Oakland in there, and they've got the Angels. Who Oakland just gave us a loss or two, and then also just... Did they end up beating you tonight? They They did beat us tonight. So I mean they they're not somebody to just take for granted. To, Toronto's is pretty hard too, Toronto because they're they're in this with the wild card, right? They've got they've got you guys for four, which you, you know y'all won y'all won tonight. We did. They've win. got three three more. They've got three more at home against the Rangers. Then they play at home against Boston, at New York, at Toronto, uh, at Tampa Bay, and then at home against New York and at home against Tampa Bay. Which by that point, Tampa Bay might have already clinched, and the Yankees might be dead in the water completely. One can only hope. So, <laughs> well, you better hope the Yankees are going to be trying. I know, and the Rays, I mean, and the Rays are going to be trying because right now the Rangers are the team fighting. They the have their guard. fate in their own hands. I'll tell you that. And if you were to tell me at the beginning of the season that that's where we would be right now at this point, I would be pretty happy. So thinking big picture, I'm still not too upset. Granted, how well they were playing in the first half of the season, up until a couple injuries, basically, does make it a little bit disappointing how it's going right now. But I think they still have a good shot to make the playoffs and still make a, a splash in the playoffs. So I'm nervous. It is a tough stretch to end the season, but it has six games or seven games against the Mariners. Who are right there with you, so that's right there a way to do it. And then you got Toronto also right here in this series, so you've got it in your hands. It's you just got to take care of business. Exactly. That's the funny thing about like this grouping with the AOS plus Toronto is that all four teams it's completely in their hands. Yep. Whether they make the postseason or not. Yep. And that's pretty wild. The the National League wild card situation, which I haven't checked it since this morning, so it may have changed a little bit. Let me let me take a look. No, it hasn't really changed. So you've got the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, the Giants, and the Reds 
four teams for one spot, one and a half games separating the four teams with like 18 to go, 17, 18 to go. That's exciting. That's absolutely wild. Now, I didn't take the time to write down. I did see the final, the the pick six to win it. It was a kick return. Was it a kick return? I thought it was a pick six. I didn't see the beginning of it. Yeah, punt return for the Jets to win it in overtime. So, kick six. Yeah. But, yeah, the end of this National League wildcard thing is going to be really interesting. I didn't take the time to go back and write down, like, who plays, what, what their schedules were. I ran out yeah, of time that's a lot. before I had to work. <laughs> but it's going to be a really interesting finish. Plus, you got the Cubs that are two games ahead of that. So you got five teams for two spots separated by three and a half, or four and a half games. No, three and a half games. And the Phillies are two point two games ahead of that. So, like, really, it's the all six teams are still could be in it, could be out. There's three weeks to go. Like, this is wild. You want to know the best part about it? What's the best part about it? The Braves already clinched, so I don't don't worry about that shit for them. (laughs) The Braves were the first team to officially clinch a playoff spot. Yep. I think it'll be the the Orioles next, probably sometime next week. Or sometime later this week, probably. No, because they need to get to... The American League teams are a little higher in the win column than the National League teams are uh, for the wild card chase. So it's it's going to be probably next week before the Orioles because it, it's they've got seven games before they clinch. It's exciting. It's, a, it's definitely exciting down the stretch. This is what you want in, in baseball: is you want a close wild card playoff race to make it more interesting. So, and it's and it's interesting on both sides. So I'm excited. This is going to be a fun last couple weeks of the season. and Yeah, this is absolutely what baseball wanted when they added the second wild card or the, th- the third wild card. This right. is exactly what they any... wanted. Wait, second wild th- third? Wait, is it a fourth now? <laughs> yeah. this, this is exactly what they wanted. They wanted teams right. to be in it in September so that everybody's trying and – you know, apart from the Rockies, the A's, and the and the Royals, everybody's trying, and yeah. it's it's just fun. Like I'm it watching is. the the Angels and Mariners right now. It's three three in the seventh. If I if I wasn't talking to you, I'd probably have one of the National League games on this the screen that we're talking on. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm just. I love where baseball is at, like as a sport right now. It's so exciting. Attendance has been up for the first time I, in a long time. Yeah, I got an update that even said like best baseball season ever? Question mark. Uh, like <laughs> attendance mean... attendance is up like across across the board except for the A's. And there's reasons <laughs> there's reasons for that. Right. But the average attendance is like the highest it's been in like 10 years. It's exciting. It's, it's the most exciting baseball has been in, in quite some time. And I think a lot of it, I mean, is obviously due in thanks to the rule changes. Um, I know the pitch clock's a big one, but I think another big one is the bigger bases and the less disengagements because 
We actually have had 3,000 stolen bases this season for the first time since 2012. And it makes the game more exciting. So yeah, I was a proponent against it. I didn't really like it. I liked the whole baseball has always been this way, so why are we messing with it? Like, you still can't technically run the clock out. So I, I was a little worried about something like that because that's the one thing about baseball. You've always got to get the 27 outs on the other side no matter what. But that didn't really unless, have – Unless it's 2020 and you're playing a doubleheader, then you only have to get 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a 21 out no hitter by Mad Bum. I'll never forget it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I like it. I actually do like it. Now, I will say going to the games – it does take away from it a little bit. There is more action during the game, but God dang, those games go quick when you're sitting there. It they actually do. goes quick. Because you're used to going to the ball game and having like a day of it. Yeah, I like it. I still like it, though. Like Even even with the games that, that I've gone to, it does feel quick. It's definitely quicker. And you don't have as much time like between pitches to converse with the people around you and stuff, but right. I think it's, it's definitely a worthwhile trade. I think so too. It's becoming more and more exciting to me. And I I was worried about games being so short, but I think I've said this before on the pod a, a while back when we first were trying it for the first couple months. And I, I just think that with it being 162 games, we can shrink each one down a little bit. <laughs> I, I didn't think that originally, but now I get it. I see that, and I've enjoyed it. I really have. So the stolen bases being up is fun. It makes it more fun. It just adds a whole other element to the game. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about each team. Like, if the if the average game is three hours, that's 180 minutes, right? Right. Three hours, 180 minutes. 162 games. You're talking about uh, if you sat down and watched, if you went to every game, you said, or you watched every game on TV, you're talking about 29,160 hours in a year. <laughs> Whereas if it's two and a half hours, you're or talking less. about, if it, yeah, but if the average is like two and a half hours, you're talking about 24,300, which means you're saving. Almost 5,000 hours off of your year that you can do something different. <laughs> Goodness gracious. That's a lot of hours. It's a lot of Is hours. Is that minutes saved. or hours? That's hours. Goodness. No, that's, a lot. that's minutes. That's minutes. Okay. I was about to say that's a lot of <laughs> hours, minutes. bro. Three, three hours is 180 minutes. I, I, I fucked right. up when okay. I first... When I first said it, that's minutes. Okay, that's minutes. still, that is a ton. That is, that's, you are saving so many minutes. You're saving a lot of hours, not quite five thousand. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that was that was dumb. I've been drinking. <laughs> hey, that's fair, and it's late in this podcast. We've been going for a while, so you're saving eighty-five hours. That's still a lot of hours. Oh, agreed, definitely. Eighty-five is a lot of hours. That's you know, four days, basically. Yeah, of straight just watching baseball. <laughs> yeah, which, I don't know about you, 
I probably watch that much baseball <laughs> in yeah, a year. You probably would. Oh man. Combined, at least, yes. At least you having it on. Do. At least no, having com- a game on. Because that's not even including other games. Yeah, like watching multiple games. Yeah. <laughs> do, you probably now, do. If you're watching two games at one time, you've got them on two screens that are side by side, and they're it's a two they're both two and a half hour games. Did you watch five hours of baseball or two and a half hours of baseball? The age old question. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question, honestly. I don't, and I, I mean, the, the next question is: I watched about twenty games of college football this week <laughs> <laughs> on Saturday. How many hours of college football did I watch? <laughs> so this is uh, Casa's first time playing fantasy. I got her to play with me in one of the leagues, and so during my baseball game, I went and gave her my phone so she could watch Red Zone. She watched Red Zone all day. Then we went home and we finished the afternoon games watching Red Zone. By the time it was time for the Cowboys game, she's like, I don't think I can do it. I think I'm done. I think it's too many. I think I've watched for too long. And so she had to take a little break, and I talked her into finishing the game with me. So I was like, come on, it's the Cowboys. Like, <laughs> But she's not a Cowboys fan. so Right. The, the answer to that would just be like, so? <laughs> exactly. What does that but, mean? But yes, so I feel you. Lots of hours watching, watching sports. So she could she right. could not do the eleven to one thirty in the morning college football experience. No, I'm gonna say probably not. Because <laughs> that's what I did. I, <laughs> the game started at eleven. I didn't go to bed until probably close to two, because that was whenever the the. Uh, the Cal and Auburn game ended. There was another good one that was on late. Um, I don't remember who it was, but that's the one I was watching. Shit, I can't remember which game was on late. What, yeah, I, while she was going to bed, I was watching one. Oh, it was Oklahoma State, Arizona State. That one was pretty good. Yeah, I think that's that was what close. it was. Yeah, yeah. That, that one was close. That yeah, one ended a little sure. earlier, I think. Or maybe they ended at the same time. Oh, I, I didn't finish remember. it. I went to sleep. I didn't. <laughs> I did not finish it. Oh, I saw the end of it. <laughs> yeah, you're you're crazy. <laughs> I love. If college anybody football, wants man. to hear college football highlights, Doyce is your guy. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many, like how many parts of how many games that I watched on Saturday, because I'm flipping games around too. Like I've got five screens with five different games and I'm still like switching screens around. Like I still feel the crunch sometimes where it's like, (laughs) there's six games that I want to watch, but I've got five screens. And so I end up like moving games around or like, Oh, this game's better. Let me put it on the bigger TV, you know? (laughs) Right. So there's still some juggling that I got to do even with five. Well, I think you do. All right. I I think we're done. Are we done? Yeah. Uh, Acuna's at 36 home runs and he's got like what is it what were we saying like maybe 16 like, 17 yeah 16 17 games something like that to to get four more to get another 40 40 season so that's exciting he's only five steals away from a 70 steal season which is insane so I just wanted to give a little Acuna update but that's that's all I got after that all right I think we've done our damage for this week agreed I'm surprised the podcast is not an extra 20 minutes long to be honest. We definitely could have probably gone into more baseball, but 
football. Yeah. It's week one of NFL, week two of college, which is almost better than week one of college. So, like, I mean, I could have done another hour of college football if you needed me to. I I could go another hour. Oh, of college and football. I could have broke down every different game that the NFL had this weekend. So we yeah. we could have made it longer. I feel like we did good. Check out the if you want to support us. We do have a Patreon page. If you've made it to this point in the podcast, uh, if you want to reach out to us, if you have any questions for us, you can uh, reach us at sportandbeards at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. If you have any questions for us, you want to know us, you want to know about us or our opinion on anything for, if you wanted our opinion on stuff for some reason, <laughs> I've got doesn't three fantasy be, football championships. Doesn't have to be sports related, <laughs> but true. Beard uh, related. Wanna, yeah. If you have a beard of the week candidate, we didn't do a beard of the week this week. I know. I, I didn't have one this week. Um, I just remembered when you started mentioning this stuff, but yeah, dang. we haven't, we haven't done a good job of mentioning this stuff, but we do have an inactive Instagram as well. Yeah. We don't do a lot on there, but if you want to reach us on Instagram or Twitter, we are on both of those as well. And Facebook. We also have a Facebook page and Facebook sporting beards all over the place everything sporting beards but I think that's going to do it for us today I'm Doyce (laughs) thanks for listening everybody have a good week beards out go go Cowboys beards out